focusing on all of the things your body is doing right. Your spine is holding you up right now. Your heart is beating for you. You know, like really focusing on all the amazing things your body does do for you is a great way to find gratitude and be proud of it. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella, and today's guest is Nicole Kellerman Worth. And you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna read her bio to you so you know what Nicole's about. Nicole wants to live in a world where people actually enjoy the process of losing weight and connecting with their bodies. As a weight loss coach, she's been featured on major websites like The Well-Grounded Life, Sweaty Betty's, and The Greatest. When she's not fearlessly but lovingly pushing her clients into a lifestyle that they dream of, you can find her laughing with friends, connecting with nature, and loving up on her husband and two dogs. Her business, Wildly Alive Weight Loss, I love that name, P.S., <laughs> It's for people who want to stop dieting, reframe their minds so they can reshape their bodies. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to Ella. Hello. So excited to be here. I am a little bit jealous of you because <sighs> you are talking to me from Vail, Colorado. I bet it is absolutely gorgeous over there right now this time it of is. year. It's been actually really rainy the last few weeks, which is unusual. And so everything is really green and lush and it's, it's amazing. I love it. Beautiful, beautiful country, and I love skiing there, but I know it's exquisite in the spring and the summer. Mm -hmm. Well, I will contain my jealousy and see if we can push through. Push through. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, can you give everybody just a little bit about your story before we dive in, just who you are and what you do beyond what the bio can do for them? Yeah, so my story is a little different. I didn't struggle with my weight per se in high school, but I got out of high school and I gained about 30 pounds and did what every woman does usually at that point is diet. <clears throat> and if anybody listening has done a diet, they understand how horrible they are and totally unrealistic. And I realize now looking back on it that every diet that I did slowly took a notch out of my self-esteem. So over time, over doing all these diets and exercising like a nut, I eventually developed like an eating disorder, an image disorder, an exercise disorder. So everything on all levels. Ah, the trifecta. Yeah, yeah. No fun. Lots of stress, lots of anxiety. And so then I saw a commercial for personal training school and they were like, do you love to be in a gym? And I was at the gym all the time already because I thought that you basically had to eat, you know, carrot sticks and exercise your brains off to lose weight. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to sign up for personal training school. And I signed up that day. And I paid $15,000 to lose weight, which what? sounds really stupid. But the thing is, is I found my passion. It was really a blessing in disguise because I had never been interested in health before. So I started going to school, I lost um, majority of the weight, and I started my own personal training business going in home. And though I loved my job and I loved my clients, um, I really would come home and feel like a fraud because I would tell them that I love my new healthy and fit body, but I didn't. 
I felt like there was always more work to be done. And so then I had the bright idea. I'm kind of a curvy girl, carry a lot of weight in my hips. And I thought, well, if I can get my top half to match my bottom half, then I'll really be happy. <laughs> that, that'll do it. Right. right. <laughs> and so I found a good surgeon and I got a breast augmentation to be happy, to quote unquote, like I kept on saying to myself, I'm just going to be a curvy trainer. So I remember coming out of surgery and being like, okay, Nicole, you have nothing to be like, you can't pick at your body anymore. You're a curvy trainer. Everything matches. Everything's going to be fine. And it was about two months out of surgery. I, I was going out with a few girlfriends. I had tried on all my clothes and all of them made me look fat. And that was my fall to my knees, crying, surrendering, like what's going to give spent all this time and energy and money on dieting. And then I spent $15,000 on personal training school and then $8,000 on a breast augmentation. And I'm still not happy. And so I kind of just gave up and I was like, whatever I'm doing now is not working. And I don't know what to do next, but I just can't follow down this path because it's not fun and it's stressful. And so a little while later, I met my now husband, Zach. And I don't like to say that a man saved me, but what Zach did for me is he showed me what living was again, because I was your total type A, follow your agenda, no such thing as spontaneity, organize my entire life, live my life by my checklist, calories, expenditure, tracker, that was me. And he was nothing like that. And so I just started going out and living my life and having fun. Who would have thunk it? Fun. And the beautiful thing that happened is my body, I lost any extra weight I was carrying. My relationship with food started changing because I saw it as something that nourished me and helped me to live. And I found compassion for my body and all she did do for me. And she's not perfect. She still has cellulite. But, you know, I I found love for her and appreciation. And that's kind of how wildly alive weight loss has evolved into what it is, is because it's less about restricting. It's less about information. And it's more about going out into your life and out of your head. Fantastic. And a lot of people will jive with the message that you're sharing. If you pursue health and wellness, then fat loss and weight loss ensues, right? Like we don't make those the mission of our life. We don't set our needle, our compass needle to lose 10 pounds and then all happiness ensues. It's quite the other way around. And they know that I believe that and that I want that for them and that I am attempting to pursue that in my own life and succeeding and failing every day. And Nicole, what I wanted to do with you today is I wanted to take that philosophy that we're all kind of like buying into and practicing doing it. It's always a practice. And I want to break it down into some things like, okay, so what? Like, how do we actually do this? And when we talk about this, what are we really saying? How does that manifest itself in any given day? Or what should my week look like if I'm trying to become this person who loves him or herself? Totally. Let's do it. All right, Nicole, you say, I believe simplicity is key to success. What does that mean? I think it starts with a gratitude practice, which I feel like sounds like, you know, oh, we've heard this, a gratitude practice, being grateful. But it it is really true. And it can be like a day-to-day, like, I I believe that there are miracles happening everywhere all the time. You know, I watched my aunt suffer colon cancer for eight years and saw her go through a horrible experience with her body. And any time, and this was when I was still working on my self-image, when I was really by her side and, and witnessing all of this, 
I really still to this day, even though she's no longer here, I try to use her experience and her life as a tool for life. And anytime I start to get down on, you know, things that we all stress about, money, our, our bodies not being good enough, not doing what we quote unquote should be doing, not being as successful as we quote unquote should be. I, I always think of my aunt and I just think of how, you know, she really spent a lot of money to stay alive. And if I would stress about money, then I'd be like, Nicole, really, really, you're going to stress about something like money. It's just so silly at the end of the day. You know, I, I went to Africa um, in November and I volunteered for three weeks. And again, that was just a really, uh, even though I was volunteering and I was donating my time and energy, truth be told, I was really doing it for myself because I knew I would come back a, a whole different person and I would feel so much more grateful for for what we have. And so shutting off the TV and truth be told, shutting off the screens really helps you find a place of gratitude because there's nothing to compare against. You have this beautiful life right here that you're fully engaged in. I think that's important and I want to build on it. So one thing that I'm fond of saying is, you know, we have these tapes that play in our head, right? They're tapes that we got from childhood or from our experiences thereafter. And they're tapes that are running continuously. And I have to say, most of the tapes aren't saying, hey, you're an awesome person. You look amazing today. You can do anything. Like, for the most part, that's not our default. What I have found in my own life and with literally anyone else that I've had this conversation with is that gratitude is the swiftest and most impactful antidote to fear that I've ever come across. And let me tell you what I mean. So if you are feeling scared, if you are feeling down, if you are feeling any of those negative emotions, pick your emotion, fill in the blank, gratitude, naming anything, any moment, any person, any gift, any blessing, naming any of those things that you're grateful for is like this magic eraser for our fears, our, our concerns, our, the things that we're doing in our own heads. It's, it's absolutely, in my opinion, the most powerful tool that we can draw on. And I think that making it a daily practice in some fashion is one of the most powerful things that you can do. How do you do it? What does that actually look like for you? It's different now. I feel like I'm now trained for gratitude. I've really wired my brain to be grateful. You don't even know how many times I just, it's automatic. Like I go out and I walk my dogs and I'm like, I can't believe this is my life. Like this is so amazing. And I say that all the time, but in the past, it was not that easy at all. And I know I wouldn't have what I have today if it wasn't for really practicing gratitude on a deeper level. So Doing some sort of a journaling practice deeper than just like, I'm grateful for blah, and I'm grateful for blah. Pick three, two, one thing that you're really grateful and break down why. Why? Keep asking that. I'm grateful for my husband. Why? Because he makes me breakfast in the morning. Why are you grateful that he makes you breakfast in the morning? Because it makes me feel like really breaking down the gratitude really gets you immersed in the feeling than just listing 30 things you're grateful for. So that's a really helpful technique for sure. Okay, Nicole, what I think is interesting though is that you also mentioned turning off 
the screens, like turning off the TV. Right. Okay. I don't know if anybody has heard this term. I, I, I think Ella has. I'm not sure. But in the entrepreneurial world, you can get a, a comparison hangover. And it's worse than like a tequila hangover. It's a margarita hangover. It is the worst hangover ever, a comparison hangover. And in, in the business world, it was just so easy to pick apart parts of yourself and your business essentially that don't, that aren't good enough. But now with social media, everybody can experience <laughs> comparison hangover. And even when you think of um, commercials and even shows, it's so funny to me how like shows, just typical shows look like people actually don't live in the houses, right? There's like not a thing out of place. That is not reality. Like that is a figment. Perfection is a figment of our imagination. And people try to perceive that online and on TV all the time. And so if we get overly exposed to that, and even from actresses who have these very beautiful bodies that have probably been touched up, we get this idea that that is reality when essentially it is nowhere near where most people live. I'm so glad you brought this up because I've been like waiting for the opportunity to add something to this mix. We talk now about how people are setting themselves up for what, what I call the comparison trap and you call the comparison hangover. I love it. I'm going to steal that. Um, and we talk about how we're doing that with Instagram and we're doing that with Facebook, but you know what we're doing, what, what we've been doing historically magazines. Like, I don't know about you, but in, in, Guys, do you remember what magazines are? They're actually made of paper and you hold them in your hands. <laughs> okay. I remember growing up, Teen Magazine was lying around and my brother had a version. I don't, he had bodybuilding magazines. And uh, honestly, they made me feel like total crap about myself when I was a teenager. Right. I was like, she's perfect. She's 15 and her life is perfect. And, and it started then, but now I see a lot of my peers and they're, they've got their Us Weeklies or their People magazines mm. or... Um, and then you can add to that their reality TV shows and then their Instagram and their Facebook. But we have no idea how much this stuff is actually affecting us. And I actually went on a, a social media slash media cleanse and I decided that there's some things I'm just not going to enter into my brain or my universe. So I actually, I mean, I was never like a big, you know, I wasn't ever like subscribing to People Magazine, but like, I don't pick it up at the dentist. I don't pick yeah. it up. Um, I don't pick up those fake fitness magazines at the gym. Totally. I detoxed from those. I cleansed myself from those again, never subscribed, but I'd pick them up whenever I was, wherever I was. They really got into my head. And the message that they sent me was, you don't look like this. You're not so good enough. it's, yeah, you're never going to measure up, blah, 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 blah. Right. And that has been en enormously helpful in my own life. And I've been dying to bring it up. So thanks, Nicole. <laughs> Do you have any rules? I mean, e not even rules, really, but just like things you've learned in your own life, things that you kind of don't do anymore that maybe you did. Totally. I'll call myself out like I'm coaching myself. Nicole, close this tab. Like, I'll just call myself out on something like that. And when it comes to movies and TVs, I am so picky about what I watch because everything has a subconscious effect everything and so and and, and truth be told and this <laughs> it kind of sucks but it's kind of good there's not a lot available there's not a lot of positive shows which keeps me kind of off of the tv everyone has to remember everything has a subconscious effect everything so if you start immersing yourself in a netflix series and you're binge watching it i want you to pay attention 
to your behaviors during that time. I have watched a very dramatic show and I was shocked at how dramatic I was becoming as a person because I was watching so much of this show. It's crazy. So true though. Well, and I have certain family members who I love and adore who kind of like all of those reality TV shows where everybody has lots of money and they always end up screaming at each other and they're usually found on Bravo. (laughs) And their argument is I'm old enough to watch this. I would never want my child to watch this, but I'm old enough to watch it. My brain is formed. I am who I am. Like this show's not affecting me. And then, and then we'll watch a commercial where a soldier's coming home and they're bawling. Okay. And I'm saying, all right, we're watching a Kleenex commercial or some other commercial and you're tearing up because the soldier just came home at Christmas or whatever. And you're telling me that your chemistry is not affected by what you're seeing on TV. Like, are you understanding my, are you understanding the deep, deep irony? Yeah. Right. (laughs) And I'm not, I guess I sound a little preachy. I don't mean to be that way at all because we all like our, our, we all like what we like and we're all entertained by the dumb stuff we're entertained by. And obviously, you know, we're all subject to that. Here's my point. Really? My point is don't think for a moment that that's not impacting the way you view yourself the way you view other people, even in the smallest ways, and just ask yourself, am I okay with that? Like, is you know, is this feeding what I need it to feed? Right. All right. Back to you, Nicole. Let's move on then to one of your one of your other tips. You say, I believe you can inspire your partner to start living a healthy lifestyle with you. Now, I will have a lot of people out there who are mm-hmm. whose ears just perked up. So in what ways can we inspire one another inspire our partner to start living a healthy lifestyle with us. A lot of people struggle with this. And sometimes it's their partner, like their spouse or something. And other Mm -hmm. times it's a very close family member. And a lot of the times the adult child is trying to pursue a new healthy lifestyle and the family feels threatened by that. Right. So whether it's your, your spouse, your partner, your family, whatever, talk to us about this. I believe you can inspire your partner to start living a healthy lifestyle with you. Yeah, so first off, I want to point out that the way that you would inspire them to come along with you is to not tell them. You are not the person to be doing that. There, It's like a mom telling her son to eat vegetables, right? Like, that's the last thing he's going to do. So telling them, like, oh, you should do this, you should do this, oh, I'm learning this, you should do this, they can internalize that and take it very personally and go the complete opposite direction. Their little rebel will come out and do that. So... First and foremost, you know, don't preach to them. Lead by example. An example of this is in my own life. I was right, both my parents are alcoholics, had done drugs all growing up. And um, for so long, I wanted my parents to be healthy. I preached to them, oh, do this, do this. Like, you can get sober. I'll pay for your rehab. You know, like, I wanted so badly for them to be the person that I knew they could be. And it got me nowhere but utterly unhappy. And it was taking over my life, trying to make them happy. And it wasn't until I just started doing me. I just started taking care of myself. I started looking out for myself, taking care of my health, that things started shifting in our relationship because I was no longer preaching to them. I said, okay, I need to trust that they're on their own journey. I need to give that up. I need to let it go because it's over. It's actually causing more stress in my life trying to change them. 
So I just started doing my, doing, following my own heart, following my own passion and how I wanted to live my life. And it was nowhere near what my parents lived. And it did take a lot of work to really move past that and rise above it, but it gets easier. But it is a shift and I've let go of the attachment to that. Again, just lead by example. And if your husband or spouse doesn't end up coming down the road with you, I will say give it time. They need, it needs to be their idea and they need to be truly ready for it. And just really come back to it. Like I'm doing this for me because it makes me feel good. Not I'm doing this because this makes my butt smaller. No, <laughs> you know, like be a force of self-love. Because over time when they see you standing in that so firmly, they are going to crave it and they're going to start moving into that direction. Even if it's not as drastic as you'd like, you're still a blazing a trail for them and making them see that it is possible for them without kicking up their own fears or insecurities by telling them. Yeah, I mean, I've tried both paths and the telling people what to do because it works for you path. And not only is it just obviously annoying, but it, it for them, but it's really frustrating for you because you're like, no, this, you just need to know this and you need to know this and, and because you care. And all it does is when they, when they don't care or they don't action right in that moment, you feel frustrated. And that's just, that's a no win. Anyway, bad scenario all around. What's better is obviously when you live the change that you want to see in the world, which is a slight adaptation to that lovely quote, um, be the change that you want to see in the world. When you live it and then people ask you, that's obviously in an entirely different context. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. All right. Very good. Okay. Let's go to the fun one. I believe you can feel 100% confident being naked around your partner and with the lights on. <laughs> Again, I think it's when you're not in a place of comparison and you're in a place of gratitude and you're leading your life from your passions and you're really trying to practice self-love as much as you possibly can, you feel good with what you have. You feel proud of what your body does do for you. And a real practical way to start practicing this is focusing on form over function. Because I know that when I was overweight and this whole idea of self-love and liking my body, it sounded great, but it sounded totally unrealistic. Like, I can't love this butt. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, like I it was not in a very healthy place with my body. But again, like I think my aunt actually helped me a lot with this is just seeing what she was going through with her body and um, really coming to a place of compassion and seeing what my body does do for me. I had this experience where I just went and visited my aunt a few years ago and I was driving home and I was getting ready to go to Mexico in a few weeks. And as I'm driving, I'm sitting there planning like my fitness regime in my head oh, I'm going to start doing this and I'm going to start cutting out this and I'm going to just like, I'm just going to get like as small as possible because I'm going to be around all of these chicks and we're all going to be in bathing suits from a very superficial place, not from a place of self-love, from a very like vanity standpoint. And I get this flash, like this is my intuition, totally. I get this flash of my aunt on her bed, very sick and ill flash in my head and I'm getting a little emotional saying this but I felt like that was like the universe saying to me Nicole what are you doing like your body look at your body it is doing so much for you right now it is so full of life and love and it is is cancer free and your aunt would give a million dollars to have anybody that 
didn't have cancer in it, even if it was 500 pounds. And you're sitting here worrying about what you're going to look like in a bathing suit. Give your body a break. And again, like form over function, focusing on all of the things your body is doing right. Your spine is holding you up right now. Your heart is beating for you. You know, like really focusing on all the amazing things your body does do for you is a great way to find gratitude and be proud of it. I think that's beautifully put. And I think that when it comes down to issues like using that gratitude to then find the confidence, when you start looking at your body as a vehicle for all of the things that you can do and want to do instead of this thing that never measures up, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. entirely to bring it back to the confidence that has everything to do with your confidence. Cause you say, I can't, you know, you look down and you're like, I can't be confident in this body. Well, bull, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Sorry, but that's a load of garbage. Look around you. Right. There, there are people who have a quote, perfect body by whatever definition, and they're miserable. And then there are people who walk into a room and own it in their own skin, whatever that may look like. And you know what sexy is just to bring this back to the point that we're making, which is that you can be a hundred percent confident with the lights on. Sexy is feeling sexy. Sexy is showing up sexy. Sexy is showing up in your own skin and owning it. In fact, some of the people I've talked to a number of people recently who said, when I looked the way the media says I'm supposed to look, and I looked absolutely fantastic by all standards, I felt like a shell of a person. And then when I got healthy and felt good in my own skin, and for some people that meant gaining some weight and softening up a little bit, and for others, it meant losing weight and taking care of their bodies a little bit differently. But when they started treating Treating their body like they were going to live in it for the next 40, 50, 60, 80 years. When they started to see it differently, they started to appreciate it. And then that gave birth to their ability to feel sexy again and be like, wait a minute, this is a pretty amazing body I've got here. Yeah, it's an energy. And, you know, it's an exercise that I give my clients is when they come to me and they're like stressing out that they're getting ready to go on vacation and they haven't lost as much weight as they want or, they're getting ready to go on a high, to a high school reunion and, you know, just fear around the weight that they've gained and being judged for it is, you know, they just want to feel accepted. They want to feel sexy. They want to feel confident. And I said, I want you to start practicing this. Now, make it an investigation. Like, it's, you're going to try this crazy thing that Nicole is telling them to do. And I want you to go into a grocery store and fake it. Like, I want you to try, okay, I'm going to try this thing that she says confidence is all in your mind. And like, I'm going to hold my head up high. I'm going to look people in the eye. I'm going to smile at them. I'm going to strut my stuff down the aisle. I'm going to really try to rock this energy confidence that she's talking about and see what happens because people will be turning their heads no matter what you are wearing. But I do think that like going out and trying to, you know, spruce yourself up and and feel fabulous, it's important to wear clothes and look in a way that feels good for us, not wearing, you know, sweatpants all the time. But, you know, really practice this. And I have them practice it before they go to these events because it's all an energy. If you think that you, that people are judging you, they will be judging you because you're putting out that sense and people can sense vulnerability and, something will happen. I think that your external world reflects your internal world. So if you can hold your own and feel confident in this amazing body you have now, people will feel that and they won't even 
impinge on any of that because you'll feel so solid. And that brings me to the last point of yours that I wanted to share with everybody, which is I believe your body is your strongest ally. And by listening to it and loving it unconditionally, you will not feel struggle. I, for so many years, was doing all these diets and just thought my body was just something that hung on me, that was just never right, and would always be wrong, and it was just a thing. All it was is my body. It was nothing, you know? It was just cut myself off at the head and just think my way through life. And, And it wasn't until I learned that my body has its own wisdom. It's like from a very logistical standpoint, if you think about it, you get a cut and then, you know, your body just starts taking care of itself. The white blood cells come in, they start creating a scab and healing it all on its own. That's one way there's wisdom. But another way there's a deeper wisdom, you know, your intuition, your soul. And I don't believe in meal plans. I don't believe in everybody eating a specific way. I believe in intuitive eating. I believe that your body has the ability to tell you what foods work for it or not. And by you opening up the lines of communication and start to listen to what your body has to say, you have a sustainable way to, you have, you have a tool to sustain health forever because the evolution of your body is always changing in a lifespan. And so if you can start learning how to listen and honor your body, it's just an, an amazing resource that I wish everyone could tap into, you know, instinct. And so I'm just trying to think of a way that you could start building up this conversation because it's a relationship, just like it is meeting your partner and building a relationship. It's the same thing with your body. It's a relationship that you work at and that you honor and and listen and trust what it's saying. And so one way that you could do this in in, in a kitchen sense, trying to figure out what you want to eat is called treat your body like a guest. So if you're friend comes over and you're like, Hey, you know, what do you want for lunch? Do you want Italian? Do you want salad? Do you want burgers? Do you want salmon? You wouldn't tell your guests, no, you can't have that. No, no, no. You can't have that. You would let her choose whatever she wanted. It's the same sense with your body. Like when you're trying to choose something to eat, you can't have these judgments of good food or bad food. That's number one. And I know that's easier said than done. That's something to work on. But um, I think when you lose a lot of those judgments, that little rebel won't come out and say, oh, you can't have that. Um, You can really allow yourself to have anything. And when you allow yourself to have anything, your body actually wants healthier foods. Sometimes she wants pizza or donuts or Dr. Pepper. That's fine. Um, It's few and far between. But, you know, it's the same thing with your body. It's like ask your body what it wants and feel it. So that's, that's one way of starting to tune into your intuition for sure. Okay. Tell me one habit you would like each of us to try for one week. There's so many good ones. Okay. Here, here's the biggest one I think is, um, and Ella, you were kind of uh, alluding to this at the beginning of the call is that tape player. So in my business, we call your ego, um, Helga, or, you know, I call her Helga in my business. Now, this is the power of this exercise. Wait, so Helga Helga is like the tape you're playing in your head, the gremlin in your head? Yes. Okay. It's the self-sabotaging voice. It's your ego, your inner critic, whatever. But here's the power in this. You have to name it, put a name to it, and personify it. So 
the power in personifying it and making it real. When you make it real, you can then see that you are not your mind, you are not your ego, you are not that tape, and you don't need to listen to it. In that moment, you can choose differently because you recognize that that is not the only answer. So let me just point out really quick, the Helga will come out in the mirror when you're getting dressed in the morning, when you're, and this will happen with both men and women, when you're surrounded by somebody who's really confident or in the kitchen, for sure, she'll come out. Yeah, I have a Helga in my kitchen. (laughs) But men, I know we're talking about women a lot, but boy, men do this too. They just don't talk about it. So it's the same thing. I just want to be, I just want to be really fair to the guys out there listening I know sometimes when you're hearing two women chat about this stuff, it can sound very much like whatever the podcast version of Chicklet is, but it's, this is absolutely universal and it's just that women are, tend to be a little bit more comfortable copying to it. Right. Well, men, men's Helga will come out during sports a lot, um, while they're driving a car. The ego really likes to kick up then, right? Everybody else is wrong and you're right. Um, You know, like in those certain circumstances when society tells us a man should act a certain way or look a certain way. So guys, we know you're out there. We've got your number. Okay, what is one resource that you love that you want to share with everybody, Nicole? Yeah, it's a book by Dr. Joe Dispanza called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. It's a really great book. So, um... Joe Dispanza was actually in uh, What the Bleep Do We Know, if anybody has seen that. It's all about quantum physics and neuroscience. And a lot of what I teach is based on that stuff and really rewiring your mind for success. And he really gives you some great insight into the chemistry of the brain. And I know it sounds really, I am not a sciencey person. And if I can get it, really anybody can get it because it really makes us have more compassion for ourselves on why changing our habits is so hard and how to really change your habits in a healthy way that doesn't include willpower or forcing yourself to do it. Thank you. Now tell everybody where they can find you and your work. Yeah, so I think the best place to go is wildlyaliveweightloss.com. Nicole, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really, really interesting talking through some of this. And thanks for letting me share some of my own little soapbox. (laughs) Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was great. All right, Nicole, you take care. Bye. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.